This is Daylight Magazine coming to you from Adventist World Radio Ghana, the voice of hope. Ghana, voice of hope. Today's Daylight Magazine has segments designed with you in mind. Stay tuned and be blessed. Once a sinner, but I came, pardoned to receive from my Lord. This was freely given, and I found that He always kept His word. Oh, there's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine, and it's mine, oh, it's mine, oh, it's mine, and the white robe angels sing the story. listener. Welcome to today's Reflections. Today's nugget is captioned The Majesty of Silence. The Majesty of Silence. Silence at the right time is the most effective speech. The majesty of silence is revealed by a calm, dignified, restrained, in the face of accusations, injustice, betrayal, and hurt. Being that silent does not mean one is speechless, sullen, or dumb. Rather, this voluntary surrender of our rights to speak is occasioned by a higher cause. It permits God to be our voice while allowing our accusers to reveal their true character. Like our Lord Jesus Christ at his trials, we don't need to defend ourselves when we are secured in God's will and in his plans for our lives. David Aculeta wrote, Be still 
My soul, the Lord is on thy side. Bear patiently the cross of grief or pain. Live to our God to order and provide. In every change, he faithful will remain. Be still, my soul, thy best, thy heavenly friend. Through thorny ways leads to a joyful end. Thoughts Nuggets is written by Dr. Samuel Corantin Pippim. And for more nuggets, please visit eaglesonline.org and click on Weekly Thoughts Nuggets. My name is Margaret Abebrese. Thank you for listening. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Note down this quotation and read afterwards. That is Psalm 139. Read from chapter 1 to the last verse. The verse 1 to 24. Examine yourself. Sometimes our sins can block answers to prayer. Let the prayer of the psalmist be one of yours. Search me, O God, and know my thoughts. See if there be some wicked way in me. Cleanse me from every sin and set me free. Remember, God is all-seeing, all-knowing, all-powerful, and everywhere present. God knows us. God is with us. And His greatest gift is to allow us to know Him. He is ready to search you. Examine yourself. And if you cannot find anything, ask God to search yourself. And then, ask Him for forgiveness so that your prayers will be answered. God bless you. I am Belle Dollarville. The crisis continues, and our text is taken from Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 24. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, 
exercising love and kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in this I delight, says the Lord. And in Jeremiah chapter 9, we saw that the prophet began his lamentation because he saw the inevitable catastrophe coming to his country and people. God pronounced judgment over Jerusalem. And when God says something, he does it. What they would face wasn't something fictitious, not just one of those terrible and inexplicable things that happen from time to time. No, what they would face was going to be the direct judgment of God. And it was the realization that was causing Jeremiah such sorrow. His sorrow, though, was only a small reflection of the pain that God must have felt. And today's lesson is captioned creatures or the creator. And in our past lesson, we already know that God's people had been called out to be different from the nations around them, which were all steeped in paganism, idolatry, and false teachings. So many of the warnings in the first five books of Moses were especially against following the practices of their neighbors. Instead, the Israelites were to be witnesses to the world of the truth about the Lord as Creator and Redeemer. But unfortunately, so much of Old Testament history is the story of how they were often lured into the very practices that they were warned against. Dear friend, I believe today's lesson is indeed going to be a great one. Please take us through the lesson. Thank you very much. As you said, we, the Lord has established the base that if we have anything to glory, if we have anything to be proud of, we have anything to lay our heart on, it is knowing him whom to know is eternal life. And Jeremiah continues to show how silly and how foolish it is to do otherwise. That is, any time, anything we would rely on, anything we put our faith in, other than God becomes silly, as it were. And in that time, he go, he takes the issue of idolatry, which incidentally now may not be as rife. But then when you read Jeremiah chapter 10, he talks to the people, O house of Israel, this is what the Lord says, do not lend the ways of the nations or be terrified by the signs in the skies, though the nations are terrified by them. For the customs of the people are worthless. They cut a tree out of a forest and a craftsman shaped it with his chisel. They adorn it with silver and gold, they fasten it with hammer and nail, so it will not totter like a sketch grow in a melon patch. Their adults cannot speak and they must be carried because they cannot walk. Do not fear them, they can do no harm, nor can they do any good. No one is like you, O Lord, you are great, your name is mighty in power. Who should not revere you, O King of the Nations? This is your due among all the wise men of the nations and in all their kingdom, there's no one like you. They are all senseless and foolish. They are taught by worthless wooden idols. Hammer silver is brought from Tyre and gold from Euphrates. What the craftsman and goldsmith have made is then dressed in purple and blue and purple, all made by skilled workers. But the Lord is a true God. He is a living God, the eternal God. When He is angry, the earth trembles. The nations cannot endure His wrath. Tell them this: These gods who did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. But God made the earth by His power. He founded the world by his wisdom and stretched out the heavens by his understanding. When he tenders, the waters in the heavens roar. He makes clouds rise from the ends of the earth. He sends lightning with the rain and brings out the wind from his storehouse. Everyone is senseless and without knowledge. Every ghostmate is shamed by his idols. His images are a fraud. They have no breath in them. They are worthless, the object of mockery. When their judgment comes, they will perish. Obviously, this 
this shows the futility of following anything which is created instead of the creator. But why would you leave the creator and go after the creature? And uh, unfortunately, that is what the people were doing. And uh, like the nations around them, when they see signs in, in the skies, they are, they are afraid and they, they wonder. And there's a parallelism in our day. People are after signs and wonders. They see so-called men of God doing some miracles as it were, and then they are fascinated and they just follow and will not come to God himself to find out. The, I like the way Paul commended the people of Berea. He says the barriers were of more noble character because even when he, the great apostle Paul, talked to them, they would go back to the to the scriptures to find out whether those things he has said is true. And that is, should be our reliance, our attitude, so that we will not be relying on men or on things around us. There are these days people rely on their riches, as it were, in the forms of what they can get now in an uh, e age. Phones and what have you, all these gadgets. And people, you find them so glued. I saw a WhatsApp that translation that was depicting who has your attention. Is it your phone or your Bible? So for some of us in this modern era, our phones could be the idols. Anything that takes the place of God in our lives become idols. God is supposed to be the center, our foundation. Paul says it is in him we live, move, and have our being. So he should be our guide. And like scripture tells us, as many as are led by his spirit, they are his children. So we should follow the creator and not the creatures and not implements and inventions of men. They have their place, but they should not take the place of God. We have men of God. Yes, they are supposed to be messengers pointing us to God. They are men of God. It ends with God and that is where it should end. They are not an end in themselves. They are only a means through whom we can come to know God. So that if we tend to make men of God today the end, then we've missed the point. Then it will just be like following these people. The creator is the end. Some people may not be following men of God, but they'll be following gadgets, they'll be following riches, sugar daddies, whatever, anything like we said, in which we place our trust. That's why the lesson, the memory test tells us that we sh if there's anything that we should boast of, it is knowing the Lord. Having the Lord as our foundation. Having the Lord as our bulwark as our guide, as our light. So he warns us in verse 23 of Jeremiah 29, that let him who boasts, if I have anything to rely on, to be to cherish, it should not be riches, nor power, or influence, or, or money, anything, or even knowledge. It should be knowing God. Knowing God. I believe today's lesson has indeed been a blessing to us all. And we all have humans we have found our faults and we are ever ready to go back to our creator not the creatures that we often worship especially with our phones our tablets our laptops oh lord god have mercy upon us so that we may always make him first in whatever that we do i have been your regular host sandra ahia and with me here is our own elder isaac osei kweku may the good lord bless you all stay blessed
For any inquiries or contribution, you can contact us on plus 233-244-673528 or plus 233-244-23-5017 or email us at radio at vvu.edu.gh or through the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana P.O. Box AF 595 Adenta Greater Accra Region Ghana We will expect your feedback A-W-R, Ghana Voice of Hope Now don't you let nobody turn you around turn you around turn you around now don't you let nobody turn you around keep on the Galilee now don't you let nobody turn you around turn you around turn you around now don't you let nobody turn you around keep on the Galilee I would not be Good day, friends, and welcome to the Moment of Truth. Today we are continuing our presentation, which we have captioned, Hope for the Dead Dog. We are looking at that concept of dead dog, which I have called dead dog complex. There are many of us today who are sort of having this dead dog complex. Because of situations that we have gone through in life, We have relegated ourselves to the background of life and we have given ourselves certain names. Some call themselves useless. Some call themselves defenseless. Some call themselves all kinds of negative names. And this was exactly the situation that Mephibosheth found himself in. We were looking at the meaning of uh, the word dead dog and we pointed out that it is a symbol of weakness and defenselessness. Today we want to continue. It is also a symbol of abomination and rejection. In Deuteronomy chapter 23 verse 18, the Bible says, Thou shalt not bring the hire of a hoe or the price of a dog into the house of the Lord thy God for any vow. For even both these are abomination unto the Lord thy God. So we understand that the word dog is emblematic or is symbolic of an abomination or rejection. Actually, in this text, dog refers to 
A male prostitute, even as ho or hoa, refers to a female prostitute. And God is saying that whatever money that is uh, gotten from these people prostituting themselves should never be used in the house of God as a vow. So dog, as you see in this passage, is a symbol of abomination and rejection. So Mephibosheth was simply telling David that he was an abominable person, that he was a rejected person. The next thing is that dog is a symbol of useless person or one who could do nothing good. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 24 verse 14, After whom is the king of Israel come out? After whom do a dog pursue? After a dog? After a flea? This is a conversation between David and Saul. You know, when Saul was chasing him, when David became a, a, a fugitive, this is in one of his meetings with Saul where he had even caught the skite uh, of, of Saul's uh, garment. He, he, he used this, this term on himself. Are you following a dog or a flea? In other words, am I so useless? Am I so good for nothing that I cannot be used for a piece of work in the palace? Was I not the one who sung some music for you, played some instruments for you when you were in your depressive state? Am I not the one who killed the giant Goliath? Am I now a dog? Am I so useless? So dog is a symbol of a useless person, as you see in the scripture. In the New Testament, the word came to have another meaning. It came to be used uh, for Gentiles. You see, Gentiles were so called by the Jews in a way of contempt because of their ignorance, idolatry, and impurity. So we see in Matthew chapter 15, verses 26 and 27, that Jesus answered and said, It is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Yes, Jesus, with a Syrophoenician woman who asked him to heal her daughter who was possessed with demons or who was severely sick. And he tells her, I cannot give the children's bread to dog. What is Jesus saying? This was actually a general term used for the Gentiles. This was a general term used for the Gentiles. I tried to follow up this term and I look at the primary commentary of the, the Jews on the Torah, which is called the Zohar. And according to the Zohar, we see this uh, account. A king provides a dinner for the children of his house. Whilst they do his will, they eat their meat with the king. And he gives to the dogs the part of the bones to gnaw. But when the children of the house do not do the king's pleasure, he gives the dogs the dinner and the bones to them. Even so, while the Israelites do the will of their Lord, they eat at the king's table. And the feast is provided for them. And they of their own will give the bones to the Gentiles. But when they do not do the will of their Lord, lo, the feast is for the dogs and the bones are for their children and that is of course for the Israelites. So we see from this account that those who do the will of the Lord are considered God's children. 
but those who do not do the will of the Lord are called dogs. So Jesus was simply telling this woman that because she was not among God's people who were adhering to his will, she was considered a dog. She was considered a dog. And so she said perhaps she had an understanding about this uh, 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 commentary that if somebody put his faith in the Lord, he can become worthy to eat from the Lord's table. And so that is why she said, even the dog eat from the master's table. So why did this man call himself a dog? Why did he call himself a dead dog? This was pretty sad and pitiful. Probably the lowest form of creation is a dead dog. A good-for-nothing piece of specimen. A live dog can be useful, but a dead dog is worse than useless. It has to be tolerated and disposed usually at some expense. Why did Mephibosheth call himself a dead dog? There are several clues from the passage under consideration that uh, point to his calling himself a dead dog. The first reason here is that Mephibosheth came from a disgraced family. In verse 1, we see that he came from a disgraced family. He was the descendant of King Saul. He was born into a family that had been rejected by God, according to 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 23. This family had once been in power. Now they were out of favor with God and with men. The same is true with every person born into the human family. There was a time when humans were given dominion over the earth. Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 and 28. However, when men sinned in the Garden of Eden, the entire human race fell from power and from favor. Now all humans that are born into this world are born as members of a disgraced and fallen family. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 and Romans chapter 5 verse 12. So he called himself a dog because he had come from a disgraced family. On this note, we end this presentation for today. May the Lord bless and guide and keep you as you keep the lively hope alive. May God bless and guide and keep you, friend. My name is Gemini G. Gete. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for staying with us. Once again, you can reach us on plus 233-244-673528 or plus 233-244-235-017 or email us at radio at vvu.edu.gh or through the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana PO Box AF595. Adenta Greater Accra Region, Ghana. We will expect your feedback. I believe today's magazine has been a blessing. May the good Lord's hand be in your life. 
Amen. Remember to tune in same time tomorrow. Bye for now.